Welcome to In The Hopper, a real estate, community, and business development show where we discuss future projects coming down the pike in our city. Brought to you by Belgian Development and hosted by yours truly, Akeem Brown, the conductor. Michael Rivest and David James, the High Level Line. Michael and David are board members of the High Level Line Society. They are both architects with local architectural firms and they are born and raised Edmontonians. Michael and David share the vision on this episode for the High Level Line project, the project scope, and a few design elements that really make it stand out. It's a really cool project. Without further ado, help me welcome Michael and David to In The Hopper. Today, I have on the show David and Michael from the High Level Line project here to discuss the new exciting proposed uh, green space um, and connected uh, piece of infrastructure that's going to connect north and south of the river in Edmonton. Gentlemen, thank you for showing up on the show today. Thanks, Keem. Happy to be here. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Um, it's a very exciting project. I live in the neighborhood. I think it's a very cool idea to connect this kind of obvious piece of uh, uh, infrastructure where the skeleton is there, but we need to put, put some meat on the bone, so to speak. Uh, what's kind of the origin of this project? Where, where did it kind of come about and uh, where did you guys get the idea for it? Well, uh, I'll, I'll kick it off here, David. Um, so the, it's been in the works for quite a few years. It was probably about five or six years ago where uh, a group of us were all working together and um, through the work that one of us was working on, uh, there was a conversation that uh, in the 90s, not that long ago, uh, there was a bridge that crossed over Jasper Ave at 109th Street. It was an old uh, CP rail bridge. But the, um, the noticing that led to a conversation about how terrible that pedestrian experience is these days. Uh, when you cross Jasper, you've got that steep hill to get back to the multi-use trail and um, isn't really the safest experience. Uh, and so we started to comment on, you know, what if a version of a bridge was reinstated to, to make a better pedestrian experience, um, which led to just talking more about uh, repurposing the old CP rail line that goes um, uh, almost all the way north to uh, McCune University and, and then we were looking south to White Ave. And so it, it really just kind of cascaded into um, the high level bridge, looking at the upper deck, looking as it goes through Glenora and Strathcona and uh, understanding all the kind of low hanging fruit and potential that exists if um, that CP rail line was repurposed and, and, and created into a multimodal linear park. I love it. Uh, it sounds like a very connected, um, uh, very intentional project. Uh, can you guys talk a little bit about uh, the scope of the project? Um, what's going to be kind of involved in it? Um, is it just a simple path or kind of what is the, uh, what can people expect from your guys' early design development? Yeah. When we first started to think about the project, the more we were looking in kind of a city map and, and zooming out, we started to see a few more uh, important pieces throughout the city that were disconnected from a pedestrian standpoint. And if we could stitch those together, what would a contiguous um, pedestrian corridor look like? So we ended up extending the project as far north as 105th Avenue in the Columbia, um, Columbia bike lane. 
and then taking the project as far south as Gateway Boulevard and White Avenue with the idea that it could still extend further south as, as far as 76th Avenue and that east-west bike lane. So once we had the scope of the project in mind, we then came up with a few kind of key words of um, like pillars behind the project. Uh, those pillars are connectivity, activation, and experience. Once we had those th three themes in mind, then we started just to think about how would you start to apply all three of those concepts across the project. As we dove into it more and more, we realized that this project was um, becoming real and that it could actually operate throughout all seasons, all, all 12 months of the year that we have, uh, 24 hours a day. It could be uh, experience and activation after hours and evening hours. And really that set off the project. After that, we formed a non-for-profit society, came up with mission, vision, values, all of those things that, uh, that you do as a uh, non-profit group. And since then, we've been moving pretty fast and forward. And uh, the project is, I'd say, getting some legs as we now have uh, been almost adopted into one of the city projects in terms of the high-level bridge uh, rehabilitation. That's amazing. Congratulations on your progress so far. That's uh, it's a lot of moving parts. I'd imagine to kind of get all the ducks in a row, get the or, or the origination of the project underway, and get a, a a clear vision for it. I think that's important, and I think that's probably one of the hardest parts. So it sounds like you guys are w well in well underway with that process. Um, as far as Edmonton as a city, Edmonton is growing rapidly. Uh, the city is becoming a modern international city. Uh, there's a lot of infrastructure projects happening with the River Valley Line, uh, and then uh, you know the Gateway Renewal Project and the cities, the downtown city center revitalization, revitalization along with the 10-year plan. Uh, where does a project like this kind of fit into Edmonton as far as where it's heading as a city and getting that status as an international destination? Good question, Akeem. Um, well, I think, you know, you look all around Edmonton and um, there's no shortage of these type of visionary projects looking to repurpose, uh, reimagine space from, you know, the Rossdale area, uh, the downtown airport and Blatchford. Um, it, it, it really feels like the, the energy and enthusiasm and DIY nature of Edmonton, I, I think... Um, is a credit to all of these uh, ideas and, and the city putting some really forward-thinking planning policies in place to, to implement these and uh, I think the only kind of unfortunate aspect for a lot of them is they're just such large endeavors that you know they're they're not things that are gonna be resolved in a year there you know some of them are decades upon decades of initiatives and and this is one of them so uh, like frankly i think it is aligned with so much that's happening in the in the in the edmonton area um but yeah, we we always uh knew that this is something that would take a long time and and even the way um we laid out the graphics originally because it was the graphics and social media that kick-started this and, and got the fire going um, we were quite purposeful that they were not showing a finished design we really just wanted to plant an idea and see how the community reacted to it and and, and see how um, what sort of reaction there was to it 
I saw during that initial blitz of marketing activities that you guys got a really important endorsement from uh, former mayor Don Iveson. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, what was his thoughts about it? Like, uh, it's it takes a lot for a politician to just put their name behind something. He must have saw something in the project. I think Don saw in the project where the city of Edmonton could be uh, ten years from now and saw a city with multiple modes of pedestrian connection and this was just one of them at the time. Um, it was great to get his endorsement, it was great to get the endorsement of other uh, city councillors and uh, we very much value our relationship with the city of Edmonton. We would not be where we are without that relationship and that, that goes across multiple um, groups within the city of Edmonton, not just city council, not just the mayor, but working with the planning department, working with the urban design department. Uh, it's been a it's a, been a phenomenal relationship to have with the city of Edmonton. But, but that Dawn endorsement was huge. Like it really was. Um, and it gave us the momentum or just the um, confidence that we needed to release more imagery and, and, and take it a step further and have like a media release kit for news agencies. And, and, uh, and luckily we had a member on our team who was a communication specialist and she was able to kind of guide the society into how to release the information and it really just exploded after that. Yeah, that's a, that's a huge endorsement and being able to, you know, capitalize that and then also get these uh, renderings out there and images uh, that would just uh, continue to snowball the excitement and the buzz. And I think getting the public on your on your side is, is huge when it comes to uh, getting your entitlements and everything in order. So definitely uh, that's a that's a that's a big piece of the pie for sure. When it comes to connecting uh, the north and south, there's a, it goes in between a lot of kind of commercial areas and then residential areas and park areas. What are you guys' uh, vision or thoughts on how this high-level line area um, uh, path? Um, uh, how would you how how would you describe how it's going to connect with these different kind of re uh, regions and nodes and zones um, as far as integrating? Like, mm -hmm. is there going to be programming opportunities for businesses or is there going to be park integration or is there going to be, uh, like, how is it going to kind of bleed into, if you will, the, the, the areas as it passes through? Really good question. In that respect, uh, there are... I think aspects of this project where the line could be adding value to a lot of those places and um, equally areas where those businesses can add value to the line itself because they are existing already. So as an example, if you look at the Railtown Corridor, uh, sorry, uh, Railtown Yard, uh, just north of Jasper Avenue and you look at the, the large shop, shopping centre that is a Save-On Foods and a series of other uh, small uh, private retail boxes, um, you might be able to argue could some of those smaller retail boxes that currently have the, the backs of those stores facing the uh, multi-use corridor, could you have some front-facing retail onto that multi-use corridor and engage the corridor um, as well? Perhaps the density of some of those areas could be increased uh, with more uh, activity around the area. Um, we also envision hopefully and ideally working with some of the developers to come up with a 
uh, a vision that works with their site, with their land. It doesn't inhibit uh, their, their future uh, vision of what they want to do with their site, but can also see the value of seeing hundreds of thousands of pedestrians walking past their property uh, on a yearly basis. And, and, and how can they play off of that? When it comes to the parks area, we have to be very sensitive with mm -hmm. existing uh, overlays, existing uh, natural systems, and be very respectful of that. And then when we get into, say, the Strathcona area and maybe some of the more residential neighborhoods, again, being sensitive to those areas in terms of sound, in terms of activity. Uh, but that's where I think High Level Line can take on different flavors. It can be busier and a little bit louder if it's downtown. It can be quiet and a little bit more uh, laid back if it's in the Strathcona area. When it comes to those commercial opportunities, I love what you said there about developers, because obviously uh, Belgen is uh, is very active in the development space. Uh, specifically, I think where your line ends is where Station Park begins, which is one of our projects. Uh, can you speak a little bit about to like uh, some of the uh, commercial aspects of the line? Like, are you guys uh, thinking about like how it could be used beyond just a public corridor for walking? Um, are you guys thinking about maybe doing events uh, or programming on? on the line at some point or how's that kind of tying in well even oh sorry david were you gonna go for it well i was just gonna say like to the commercial thing like we you know this is where i think the city's role can really help encourage growth along the line is um the zoning along yeah. it and beside it like the we we often saw it similar to like a transit center where you have tod transit oriented development initiatives for developers where they might have greater density allowances or just different types of incentives. And um, it being a pedestrian focused uh, um, area, you know, we really just see it encouraging and attracting commercial business. The only thing I wanted to add is that uh, as we've been thinking about this project, we haven't been thinking it in terms of um, commercial gain, I would say, per se, right. so much as trying to create an, uh, a continuously activated area. So in terms of our design that we've added that, that might be conceived as a commercial piece would be the idea of these track shacks. Um, if you have an existing rail line, could you have a series of track shacks? That's what we've been calling them. But could you have a series of shacks that are actually programmed for a day, a month, a particular year? Could you have a bike rental facility out of one of them or a bike repair shop? Or maybe there's a tool share that could happen throughout neighborhoods or maybe one is simply serving hot chocolate and snowshoes during the winter time. That's so, so cool. A little bit more of a city focused, Edmonton focused experiences versus the commercial profit from our uh, side of things. Right. I love that. I grew up in Ottawa and we had the Rideau Canal and uh, it, it kind of reminds me of that sense like where it's like mm -hmm. a completely, it's, it's, it's about a, it's about a pedestrian corridor, everyone's skating of course, but there's little pockets where there's these uh, track shacks. Uh, that's not what they're called in, in Ottawa, but they just have like, you know, they're selling uh, a skates or they're yep. you know, renting skates or something. And it's uh, kind of peppered along the canal. So you can have that experience while you're out there and having a great time going downtown Ottawa. So uh, that might be analogous to what you're, you're, you're kind of referencing. It's, uh, it's almost like a working waterfront. Do you imagine a waterfront and, yeah. and you've got people selling fish or crab or whatever it might be because it's tied to that particular region. Just think of it as a, you know, you could program and plug things throughout the entire 4.3 kilometers, plug them per season, per activity or neighborhood. I've often thought of it as like open source 
code where like we're really just setting up this framework and the community and people and future generations will just kind of adapt it and do beautiful things as they come up with ideas or as as there is a necessity yeah, no, I, I love that. Uh, I love that idea. Can we speak a little bit to the? Uh, the uh, we're going to come back to that, by the way. Uh, can we speak a little bit to the accessibility of the line? Um, I know that uh, when you go into the River Valley, there's grade changes, and some people who have um, uh, mobility not mobility issues and concerns and constraints uh, might be a bit of uh, you know a concern for them. Yeah. Um, with the way the line works right now. Is there any grade change between the Strathcona and down and, and downtown areas to to the high level line itself, or how is that going to work? The way we've been trying to conceive it is a at grade to at grade connection across the banks of the river, and trying to create trying to keep the grades as low as possible. Currently, if you try to traverse across the river and use the the lower deck of the high level bridge, it actually even that is probably a five meter grade change. I would argue. Um, and going across the top of the high-level deck, that grade change would be removed. Um, you'd be able to more easily, uh, w if you had limited mobility, get across the river. Um, if you're going down the river, believe it or not, there's a 35 to 40 meter, 40 meter grade change if you're in the heart of the river valley. Uh, so to get up yeah. that, that bank is very steep for uh, anybody that might have limited mobility. So it is something we've been thinking about, it, even across Jasper Avenue, and that re uh, bringing a pedestrian bridge back across Jasper Avenue to make up for that grade change, which, which currently is actually uh, quite steep as well. Yeah, I think, and we were talking about it earlier, but it's the difference between green space and, and well-designed green space. Yes. Like that, it really is that design factor and, and the green is more, it, it, it's an urban park, so there's gonna be hardscaping, but it, it, it's about being intentional and inclusive in your approach and, and understanding that it's for all people, it's for all mobility types, and it's for all seasons. Um, today it's 31 above, it's really hot, um, but most of our year in Edmonton is not like this. And you know, what's it gonna be like on a windy day on top of that uh, upper deck of the high level bridge? Um, what's it gonna be like in a snowstorm? Like it's, it's needing to be adaptable to all different times and environments. Can you unpack what you mean by well-designed green space? Like is that, uh because that sounds great, but is that like a golf course? Like, what does that mean, kind of like? Designed with intention such that you're not excluding any age, any, any gender, or any type of mobility. So literally making something safe enough that you, uh, you'd be uh, happy to have your kids traverse across or um, that you'd feel safe uh, maybe with an older grandparent that might be in a wheelchair and taking them across the space and that it is equal and safe and welcoming for all ages. Uh, I think the all seasons piece is maybe the most important and, and making sure that this works for 12 months of the year and really capitalizes on those five months that are a little bit darker, a little bit colder, but still a place to celebrate because that's where we are. Yeah, and I think it, like then it well-designed also is it, it, there's delight, there's joy, there's there's moments of discovery. There's fun. Um, you know, it's also the lighting and making sure that it's a safe experience. Like the version that we've shown shows going through the tunnel. Um, the tunnel right. is chain linked off because uh, I'm sure there were some incidents that might have not been safe that they the city wanted to ensure uh, were not occurring. Um, if a version of it were to occur going through the tunnel, that 
safety and, and all sorts of considerations would have to be evaluated um, to make sure it was a good experience. So, yeah, I think it's a whole kind of range of perspectives that just all together turn it into this really singular, meaningful, wonderful experience. Yeah, that tunnel portion is really cool. I mean, that would be an, a really unique uh experience for Edmontonians because everyone can see that the tunnel we're referencing by the way is right at the corner of Saskatchewan Drive and mm-hmm. 109th Street mm-hmm. is that correct yeah it would just be underneath that yeah so that would be kind of we live in the Instagram age right so people going down there and taking pictures or maybe there's murals uh, who knows pa- yeah that'd be a really I, I'd look forward to, to well checking and if that you've out. taken the streetcar like you go and I think I was talking about this right. earlier but you go through the tunnel it's dark like I, I did it with my children they were you know kind of snuggling up to me because it was it was a little scary down there and then you pop out and like 30 or five seconds later you're on top of the high level bridge it's it's pretty amazing yeah it is amazing i mean the view is uh i take it every day when i bike home from work and stuff and i mean it still amazes me especially when the sun's hit right it's it's uh, so underrated as far as uh, viewpoints and everything goes when it comes to the advancement of this project, gentlemen, what kind of groups or which groups out there have been crucial to the advancement and the progression of your guys' uh, uh, status to date? Well, um, Akeem, there's, there's really one uh, really significant group, and that's, that is the Radial Railway Society. Um, they've been here before us, a uh, passionate group of volunteers who, um, through their own time, have been maintaining the streetcars, um, doing educational sessions on, on streetcars. Like I took my kids to Fort Edmonton and it was the same group driving the trains there too. Um, and uh, they've been <coughs> uh, keeping in a lot of ways the magic of this alive by through the summer months and, and more frequently during fringe uh, operating the streetcars. So um, even though we talk about uh, commuting on the high level line similar like a some version of a slower lrt uh, there has to be uh, the future of the high level line has to incorporate the radial railway society and 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 have space for how they operate and what they do have you guys given any thought to um, the history of the infrastructure of this line when it comes to the design development, any kind of future plans with any future groups? Because I know that's a very historic uh, a transit line for the city and the growth of the city. Actually, I think one of the oldest buildings, oldest pictures of the uh, Strathcona neighborhood is 1891, and it goes right along where I think your path, the line kind of traverses. Mm-hmm. Uh, on 105th Street, I believe, but it's an old rail station, and it's there's it's one of many rail stations that were in the area. What, what thought have you guys given to history when it comes to this project? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I, I'm a huge fan of Edmonton's history. Uh, as part of this project, I've always been trying to push our society to think about if this thing was ever built, what would be the historical educational piece. And, um, and why can't you tell the story of how the city originated uh, across that 4.3 kilometers? So if you can imagine a series of uh, electronic devices that you can scan and it tells you the history of the area, uh, how that, cool. that area came to be, especially I think with the 
uh, amazing story of how the city of Edmonton is the city of Edmonton and not the city of Strathcona. I mean, this right. this line bridges those two major neighborhoods, and even just telling that story would be interesting. Let alone telling the the history of the CN Rail line, the history of CP Rail, the the importance of rail through Canada. What are some crucial lessons learned uh, to the project? Uh, during building this project to date? I mean, as far as like revelations or uh, like if someone's out there and they're thinking of a really ambitious project in Edmonton, what are some things that you guys are like during your beginning, early stages of the project kind of stumbled upon that might be of value to someone out there who's got another ambitious idea for Edmonton? Well, I, I think the big one is, um, you know, we loved, we spent a lot of time at first just talking about it over beer in a pub. And, um, really didn't think that um, I don't think we ever like explicitly said it but we weren't taking it any further and I would just encourage people that if you have an idea like like try to do something with it like post something about it online um, reach out to a group that might have similar interests because it's really amazing how good ideas can explode um, and yeah, it's not that we waited too long, but we, for, for quite a while, we were just kind of sketching on paper and, and, and talking about it over a beer. And, you know, it, we probably could have done more sooner. Would, would you agree, David? I would agree. I, th I think if I could make any recommendation, it would be uh, find partners, find partners that have uh, potentially business background and or an idea of how to stitch dots throughout the city of Edmonton. Uh, to Michael's point, there are a ton of volunteers in the city of Edmonton doing amazing things for different groups. Um, and a lot of them have similar visions. And if you can find an ambassador in each one of those groups and try to bring them into your project, all of a sudden you've gained uh, an allegiance with people that have been doing project work or consultation work or um, information gathering even and, and piggyback off of them. Uh, I think to th for any non-for-profit society to think that they can do it alone uh, is, can be very trying, I, I would say. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, uh, that's great advice. Thanks, guys. Uh, I think a lot of people out there can learn a lot from just going for it and posting your ideas and then uh, trying to build a team and get support. Uh, I think that's, that's what uh, helps things advance. Um, Michael, you mentioned open source earlier, and mm -hmm. that's a kind of a reference to uh, coding, I believe, where you build a skeleton of a website and then people kind of build it for you. Uh, can you uh, elaborate more as far as like what the grand vision for the high-level line, if you were to say 20 years, 30 years from now, uh, what has this website uh, and, turned into? Yeah, uh, what have the seeds grown into? Yeah. Yeah, like I, I, I wouldn't be able to give too much detail to what it's developed, but I would just hope that there is development. And yeah. that, you know, that's the reason we also created this society is we didn't want this to be an idea that any one group or person could own. We wanted it to be something that there is a, a society with a charter, with, as David said, mission and values. Um, that could be the shepherd for this line for forever. Um, you know, we did uh, go, we reached out to the High Line in New York, and there's a group called the Friends of the High Line who um, provide support for repurposing infrastructure 
projects like this all around the world. Oh, cool. And we were able to um, get some advice and, and recommendations from them on just creating the society. And so, yeah, I don't know what it will look like. Like, I, I actually love that. I like yeah. not knowing the endings. Um, but I, I really believe that this will turn into something. Like, so that's, you know, pretty much success already from my perspective. Yeah, the imagination is uh, where it, what it could be. And you, you referenced New York. I mean, there's a bunch of cities around the world that have attempted similar projects. And it's changed the way people kind of commute around that city. Uh, is there any cities in particular besides New York that stand out? There's a uh, there's some big projects that have happened in Chicago and Boston where they've completely uh, rethought of either major freeways and, and turned those, either buried the freeways so that pedestrians can go over above or shutting down major infrastructure. Uh, Chicago, one of the, the airports in Chicago was shut down similar to our municipal airport. Uh, maybe more local to home would be in Kelowna, there is a, a corridor called the Artibus Corridor, I believe. And it was an existing rail line that they just piggybacked and put a pedestrian corridor along. So it's it's not a new concept in terms of uh, bringing more value to existing underutilized infrastructure in a major urban city. Very cool. Um, Cologne is a little easier for me to get to, so I'll definitely try and go and check that out. Maybe I'll wait for the weather to cool down though a little bit. It's, it's a little bit hot. Up. Yeah, so I can only imagine in with, uh, Okanagan how hot it is. Uh, when it comes to this uh, project, guys, uh, is there anything uh, you guys can share about where the project's at, like project updates, um, where you guys are at with your entitlements and everything like that, without getting into too much details, don't want to get you guys in trouble, but, you know. No, there's, there's nothing, no trouble here, and, and we like to be trans as transparent as possible with where the project is at. I, uh, being recognized by the City of Edmonton City Council uh, in a city report that was officially published where City Council approved a motion to look at a study to potentially get pedestrians and uh, human movement on top of the bridge and they directly wow. referenced our project. Uh, we are now stakeholders with the City of Edmonton for the high-level bridge renewal project so I happen to be one of those stakeholders along with another uh, society founder named Kevin and we're extremely happy to be on that side of the table as a stakeholder mm -hmm. with the city of Edmonton to hopefully see the, the vision of this project uh, come to fruition. I, lo I love that. So uh, the city uh, knows you guys have this going on and they want you guys to be part of the discussion. You're at the table. There's been multiple instances where the city's reached out to us and said, you know, even the, uh, you mentioned um, the mixed use path the multi-use path uh, along the railroad line in Strathcona and Glenar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when they were doing that, I think two or three years ago, they reached out to us for some uh, uh, questions about some of the lighting fixtures that were being selected and, and things like that. And, and, it, and it, it certainly by no means means that our word was the final say, but they were recognizing that this was an area of land where the High Level Line Society is... And planting ideas and they included us as a stakeholder and uh, yeah it's happened multiple times it's it's really really encouraging and exciting I love it so the seeds are there the breadcrumbs are the there seeds are there yeah, yeah they just and they're growing slowly growing hey the bamboo tree you ever heard of the how that thing grows the first five years it grows a foot and then the sixth year it grows 90 feet so 
Uh, Very cool. That's uh, we're still in the first couple of years, but I'm, okay. I'm uh, <laughs> getting excited. <laughs> that's awesome. No, I think it's so cool for the city. Uh, when it comes to uh, the public and a lot of people, uh, you know, who are not uh, city builders are going to be listening to this. Is there any way they can, so can support or how they can follow or be engaged if if they really love this project? How can they kind of um, you know follow what's going on with you guys or support in any way? Yeah, for sure. That's a really good question. And, and even if uh, folks aren't uh, in love with the project, we would still like to hear okay. that input as well. Uh, we have a, a website called highlevelline.com and there happens to be two L's that are connected there in that uh, one long word. And we also plan on having a lot more engagement with this project. Again, we're, we're in the infancy in terms of consultation and engagement, like true, real engagement. Uh, we've been kind of floating at the 30,000 foot level trying to set the seeds of a concept uh, without diving into what true engagement is. Uh, so that still needs to occur uh, for this particular project for a whole bunch of different areas across the 4.3 kilometers. But yes, people can support us. So I would say our main disadvantage to it moving uh, right now is we're all volunteers and mm. we have day jobs and we have families and we have spouses and partners and pets and um, we're, we're, we're really running out of capacity. Um, and you know, it's been a really tough couple of years. Uh, even though we've got some great things to celebrate, as David mentioned, um, we what we really have been trying to do is raise money to have even just a part-time executive director, um, someone that's dedicated to the project that could be doing some of this stakeholder engagement that we know is so important, that could be reaching out to the city more regularly, that could be um, connected to the project on so many levels that we just don't have the resources for so yeah if there's someone out there that you know you really really want to support this project like reach out to us there's there's ways you can help okay I hope everyone uh, heard that that's uh, that's a really cool uh, opportunity I think um, to work on a really cool project like this the reason I like these kind of projects is because you do it once and it's gonna be there forever it's a tremendous legacy to leave behind in the city um, and not everyone gets the opportunity to do that so I think what you guys are doing is very exciting and it's extremely important for where Edmonton's going uh, for people who want to uh, have a more healthy active lifestyle and also enjoy the city's views I think it's uh, it's like the perfect storm. So I commend you guys and thank you guys for all your work. Is there anything else you guys would like to share, kind of final thoughts about anything going on with the high level line or uh, any kind of final thoughts? The, the project continues. Uh, although Michael said that we might be running out of steam, uh, <laughs> we don't want to give up on this. And uh, it's such an, as you said, it's such an important project for the future of the city. Um, we're still as in love with the project as we were from day one. Sure, we might be a little tired or more tired than we were when we started, but uh, the passion is still there. I, I want to see this thing get built. Uh, I'm happy to be a fifth generation Edmontonian and, and don't plan going anywhere. And uh, I just want to see this thing get built sometime in my lifetime. Yep, absolutely. Michael, anything from you or? Um, no, I think uh, I think we covered it well. Yeah, but uh, we really appreciate the opportunity to be on your podcast. And yeah, thanks so much, Akeem. Absolutely, Michael uh, and David. Thank you very much for joining me. And uh, I'm sure people are gonna uh, stay tuned and really pay attention to what you guys go out going on because it's a very cool project for the city. And uh, I hope to see it progress. Thank you very much for coming on in the Hopper. Thank you. Thanks, Akeem. 
You got it. And uh, thank you guys for tuning in. I hope you guys have a fantastic day and uh, stay safe. uh, Take care. Thanks. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of In the Hopper. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you really like the show, please share it on your social media or anyone who might be into business development or real estate or infrastructure. I'm sure they'd love to hear it too. Until next time, take care.